The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Back with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are back from Boulder. As I made our way back uh, in a monsoon, my God, you know, we saw Moses and his boat and all the animals, man. It was <laughs> it was pretty heavy downpour once you crossed the Colorado line, and uh, it stopped once we got right to Lincoln. Elijah continued his trend of nacho cheese on hot dogs. You continued your, not, your trend of not driving. No, I know. I... <laughs> I, I, I uh, I know Elijah's a little bent out of shape about that, but no, I'm, I, I'm really not. I enjoy the driving part of I it. I said, "Hey, are you ready? Can I can I help you out?" And then, two hot dogs later, it's like good night time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. I'm drowsy now. What's up? So, flew out, drove back, and uh, Elijah made the um, the back and forth. Listen, you had trouble dealing with with how your your Broncos finished. Nebraska fans have had trouble dealing with how. That ball game finished, and we'll hear from Coach Rule in a little bit. He uh, met the media today, uh, plenty of reaction. So let's get into this. Numbers and, and first hour, all for you. If you want to join us, can do so with Hale Varsity, 489-1240, 489-1240, Can email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. And just to say thank you to all of you who made the trip out to Colorado and said what's up to us at Blur Parties. Uh, from wherever you listen, uh, everyone's just um, we had a beer with a guy named Bo, Husker fan from Florida, uh, Brian and Jeff, uh, two brothers that have been listening for a long time. We can't say how much we appreciate you. Then all the folks came up and said what's up at the Blur Parties or at the um, the uh, Coloradoans for Nebraska event with Gary Michaels and just it was just a great weekend and the game was hey Elijah that that event that environment was just electric and it was juiced it was loud it was passionate and a lot of Nebraska fans had to put up with your typical Colorado uh screw you Nebraska fan behavior and there was even some some brawls in the stands that we've seen on social media but as we were leaving, hustling, hustling to get back to the blur parties at the embassy, I mean, the trash talk we encountered was more so tame. It's as tame as I've ever heard it. And it was, hey, you guys at least have a, you have a, you have a good zoo. <laughs> we you know, did hear that Buff fan <laughs> talking about Lincoln and Omaha Zoo. Hey, you guys have a good zoo at least. And hey, how about the how about the volleyball team? I mean, it was it was comments like that and. Man, this football team is is maddening because in one instance, we can talk about how that, that was a winnable game. Colorado may go bowling this year. Colorado can still be the darling of college football and game day and big noon kickoff. All of those things can be real. But what isn't real is this, this mindset 
this this topic of disrespect and it's it's a motivational tactic that the buffs in Colorado and Dion are going to keep inside their walls and and thank God it got clarified a little bit by coach rule today because there's all sorts of hand grenades being thrown out by uh, members of the Sanders family about what what disrespect is and isn't what's real what's fake and Dion's finding ways to get guys motivated or get them locked in that's that's his job right and and we'll talk to Dr. Rob Zadiska tomorrow and and he had a just an incredible motivational tactic ahead of the Nebraska Colorado game in 94 we'll ask him about so whatever it takes right but there's no evidence and facts need to be checked before there's a painting of of Matt Rule and this Nebraska football team being disrespectful. They play hard, they play fast, and they clearly play loose with the football. <laughs> right? Clearly. So 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 that's that's what you need to know about Nebraska football 2023 so far. They aren't there to uh to relieve themselves on the the buff or to uh sharpen their spikes on on the the, the logo at midfield. That didn't happen. We'll hear from Rule in a moment. But the bigger picture is what? Nebraska football in 2023, did they get to that finish line? Have you reassessed your expectations on Nebraska football for 2023? Is it going to be still a bowl season? Or have you uh, lowered that ceiling to be maybe they get to four, maybe they get to five? I think the defense, Elijah, is good enough to keep them in every ball game, there just has to be obvious progress on offense where you're not scoring 10 points a game. Defense is good, but they're not – we can hold a team to three or seven good. I, I, I don't believe maybe, – maybe, maybe so on the schedule. I don't know. But you can't be just one-sided. You can't be either just left-handed – or right-handed with this football team. You got to get your quarterback stuff figured out. You got to get a better offensive line on the left side, and you still got to ground and pound it. You got to find somebody that can scare a defense over the top. Those are all things to do as the season moves forward. You've got two weeks to figure out your quarterback. You've got two weeks to figure out your offensive line, and you got two weeks to uh, get yourself right as a offense, a defense, and a special teams unit before Harbaugh and company roll it. And the, the expectations topic is something I've, I've wrestled with a good amount since the game on Saturday. What should Nebraska's expectations be for this season moving forward? Because we see the warts that this team has, especially offensively. And and as to get back to your original point about Buffs fans, I think the more general sentiment walking out of the stadium from Buffs fans was not the venom that a lot of Husker fans have come to expect from, from Colorado fans. It was more a... Uh, we're all going to laugh at Nebraska together type vibe from, from Buffs fans. I'm not saying there was outward Buffs fans coming up to Husker fans and laughing in their faces. It wasn't like that, but that was the, the general mood of just like, man, after all the trash talking that Nebraska fans did this summer, that was the performance you lay out there. I think it's kind of comical. That that was more the, the the vibe and the feel I got, and we got that from Colorado fans on our postgame show too, that mm-hmm. that it was more – Man, Nebraska once great program. Now it's time to laugh at them. And and there's sympathy. They're like, God, they've fallen hard and they've hit their head. Yeah, like thank God, thank God we aren't them. And and thank God that Nebraska, not the biggest laughing stock, I guess not the biggest embarrassment to the Big Ten this weekend. That goes to Michigan State and Mel Tucker. Uh, But 
whenever I, I look at this performance on Saturday, I think the the main thought I have in terms of moving forward is can this team get better? Can this team reach a point where you're not hopping on Twitter during the game and it's people laughing at Nebraska and people laughing at the, the comedy of errors that is their offense? That's what, what this program is right now, is people look at this Husker football program and say, man, what a joke. What a joke that a once great program now looks like this. They're They're playing gross football it's hard to watch offense but it reminds me of last year's broncos offense in terms of how hard it is to watch that offense even whenever they get positive plays oh well they're gonna find a way to shoot themselves in the foot it feels just like the the grander college football world looks at nebraska and says if it wasn't so sad it would be funny and it is sad because of where nebraska was years ago it's 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 i'm not calling this season lost by any means i think there are positives you can take away from it but I think you got to get a bowl game out of your mind right now based on what that offense is. Even if you go clean up the turnovers, you, you think about one-dimensional offenses that have had success, especially in the Big Ten West. They've been there. Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. Illinois last year. Had a guy year. named Art playing quarterback, right? But the difference between those teams and what Nebraska is right now, and maybe this can change by the end of the year, but the difference between those teams and this team is those teams could run the ball 14 times in a drive and still cap it off with a touchdown. Their offensive line and their running backs were that good. That if they go line up there and call 14 straight rushing plays, they're going to pick up five yards a pop. They're going to go all the way down the field. There's nothing the defense can do to stop it. If this Husker team tries to run the ball 14 straight times, eventually the defense is going to load up the box and say, all right, beat you, beat you with, uh, with your arm. Beat us with your arm, Jeff mm-hmm. Sims. We know you'll underthrow a guy. You'll make a bad decision. It'll end up in the arms of a defender. You'll, and if you'll, not, you'll, you'll drop, drop a snap. snap. That's yeah. that's where this, that's where I'm at with this Husker team right now. I'm not saying it can't get better. Bowl game is is feeling more and more distant mm-hmm. as these first two weeks have been played. And if this Husker team can just reach a point where it's not somewhat of an embarrassment for Husker fans to watch on Saturdays, which is kind of where it is right now and where it has been for a couple years now, I think you can see some positives. I mean, there are positive takeaways, especially on the defensive side of the ball with some of the younger cats that are getting some play time. Like, there are some positives to be taken away, but it's so hard to see those positives whenever you get to the end of the game on Saturday and just hang your head and, and you don't want to be seen by the Colorado fans because of how embarrassing the performance was, especially offensively. Get to your phone calls, 489-1240-800-825-5865. Anonymous chimes in. Quit talking about a possible bowl game. This team will be lucky to win uh, more. Won't be won't, this team will be lucky to, to win more than two games. You know, I'm still thinking you need to reach a bowl game. I know they're zero and two. I know they've got quarterback problems. Elijah's right that the offensive line isn't good enough to line up and hammer it eight consecutive, nine consecutive, ten consecutive plays and find their way to the end. So they are they aren't that good. But they need to get better at the point where they can complete a pass that they need to complete to the right team. They need to get to the point where they're able to run the football and and get better as the year goes on and find a quarterback that can get it done for you. Maybe that is hanging with Sims and watching him actually change or making a change at quarterback. And that's the thing. That's the that's the other elephant today is to tackle what you do at quarterback it may not be an issue because Matt Rule is going to make sure that Sims is looking halfway normal health-wise uh, as as practice progresses this week or he'll have to go with a different quarterback if he says that they can win with all three quarterbacks they'll tailor a system or some play calls to do that and I don't think Saturday was as much as putting Sims in position to fail 
It was more so that it was just awful execution by the player versus the play call. I put that on the player, not the coach. Mm-hmm. Who's on the line? We have Elijah on the line. Okay, a different Elijah, unless you're just sneaking off into the corner. Elijah, go ahead. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Thanks for calling. Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind, man? Uh, yeah, I guess two things. So I listened to the um, uh, press conference today with Rule, and, you know, I wanted to be really frustrated, so kudos to, to Rule. I think he really did a great job of talking me off the, the cliff there um, and kind of bringing me back to earth. He, he's definitely a class act, and I, you mentioned it earlier. He kind of cleared the air on some things, so shout-out to Rule there. Um, the other thing I, I want to hear more on is, um, is he going to maintain that team that's accountability for ball control across the team, you know, keep all players um, accountable to it. He seemed kind of dodgy when asked well, about that. He just brought up the one where the, uh, the center, you know, he needed to evaluate that one, but Sims dropped the ball twice. So is he going to maintain that same level of standard across the board or not? Let me, let me ask you this, Elijah, and it, it's not uh, to jab at you. It's, it's, a, it's a legit question that needs to be talked about. Is it, is there a same standard across the board or are there different spots for different positions i.e you need to to not fumble if you're a running back you sure as hell need to not fumble if you're a quarterback but quarterback kind of runs the offense fair to say so so how much leeway do you give the quarterback that's had more turnover issues than than grant that didn't see time at all and and that's just it your quarterback's going to handle the football more than the running back but you need to be uh, be more competent with holding onto the football in both positions for sure. But at running back, if if you're trying to go four minute drill and then put it away against Minnesota and you don't, even though they made a good play, uh, maybe you should have seen Grant on Saturday. How does a team take not seeing Grant, but yet Sims is is still in there, and the only reason he was out is because he got hurt. I I don't have an answer for that other than you're going to give the quarterback a little more leadway than your running back, uh, but, but, but not much. Uh, you, it's, it's harder to bench a quarterback, theoretically, uh, than it is a running back in, in an offense. That's, that's my answer. And you don't agree with that, Elijah, but I think there's, there's more dominoes with the quarterback than there are the running back. That, does that help at all, Elijah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, it does. I think that makes 100% sense, and I, I appreciate the insight there. I, I just think the overall concern is you know, looking at it, um, kind of how I treat work, is as long as everyone is being held to the same standard, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's what you really look for, right? No, I, you got to, for sure. Don't, 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 don't disagree at all. And if Sims is healthy and goes and commits a turnover against Northern Illinois, it's time to go watch the ball game. Period. Thanks, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Four eight nine twelve forty. And whenever I think about this quarterback discussion, I actually think I was more in your camp immediately following the game and during the game on Saturday, just in terms of there, there is importance to having continuity with your quarterback mm-hmm. and letting your quarterback feel some things out. But as more time goes on, I, I look at it and I say, I can't believe you haven't even given the backup a chance in a game. And Heinrich Carpenter, well, and he, he got a, a brief dude, chance. Were you a, well, yeah, and he, the other, but the, the reason he got a chance is because of injury. Yeah. It wasn't because you went to the bullpen. And I, I was halfway, man, I was halfway uh, after the fumble, after the, after the, after the fumble to – to Irvin mm-hmm. the, the, with, the, with, the, with the handoff. That yep. w- listen, the the snapped with the motion guy, bad. Okay, 
the 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 snap and and the handoff that was not good. It was a 50-50 deal. Irvin should have had it. Uh, uh, Bonner should have made his block and not got caved in to uh, to the handoff to where the ball where the where the play was going. Of of all the turnovers, the the Irvin one, the snap that hit the H back, not on Sims. Then then we get down. The problem is we can pay out four to talk about. We'll have more thoughts here. Four eight nine twelve forty. No quarterback situation's got to get remedied clearly what's your morale like as a nebraska fan moving forward hail varsity radio is live now back to schmitty schmitty's a great guy but he don't have a brain and elijah you want me to speak when i point you yeah on hail varsity radio i like that i'm really not that guy i make him drive i tell him when to talk i'm just a tyrant Back in you, back with you on a Monday at Tail Varsity Radio. You can dial up 489-1240-800-825-5865. Chris at HaleVarsity.com, an email from uh, some disturbing Greek photography. Uh, some of the fraternity houses went all in on Coach Rule. A listener shared the pictures with us uh, from their uh, their banner they hung. Uh, we'll get to Jack's comment uh, David, also our uh, gambling expert, says the the win total right now by Vegas is at four and a half wins. So the under looks gorgeous, as one Burt Sugar would say. Right now for Nebraska, my expectation is for them to get it figured out and get to six still. Uh, and with the whole Grant double standard discussion point, yeah, that's been a popular narrative. I wish I would have seen Grant on Saturday. I know he fumbled against Minnesota. I know it was crushing. Grant's your home run threat at running back. If you get things lathered up, I would have loved to have seen Grant in there despite his fumble problem. You're just like, dude, are you high? What are you talking about? But he was milk cartoned or punished or whatever. He didn't see him. And Ramirez nice, but Ramirez speed um, – on on paper doesn't match the game for me as far as breaking one out, breaking one off. And there were some lanes for him to do more than just a nice chunk play. And he got caught. I think Grant gives you that home run threat. I hope he's healthy and back at it for games to come. And Nebraska's quarterback, whoever is in there, needs to quit taking um, bad care of the football. Whether that's Sims or, or Pretty or Chubb, I don't know. And, and my thing is, is two-game sample size is smaller than what it was whenever you include Georgia Tech in the same How, is discussion. That, do you look at – I mean, dude, you've, you've, got enough, you've got enough footage here and now. You can just erase the Georgia Tech tape, and you have enough footage now to have him on a zero-tolerance policy the rest of the season. Well, well, my problem is, is after seeing what you saw against Minnesota, I mean, if you would have told me on Friday evening – Whenever I, I sat down with you, if you told me, hey, Jeff Sims, he's going to have three first-half turnovers tomorrow, I'd say, well, he's probably not going to start the second half then. No, he shouldn't play. And he did. He had three first-half turnovers, and he continues to come out. And that, that's what worries me is this is not an it's issue why. of – Why? This is not a – Because he's the best you got. This, is, this was not a, well, it's 0-0, and then Jeff Sims, you know what, defense made a great play, pick six, seven nothing. This wasn't that. This was three turnovers in the Gift first half. 13 points. All of which are completely avoidable and are deeper than the defense making a great play. Dropping a snap, 
dropping a snap again. On the plate of Fedoni, he had Fedoni open. He was a little late with the throw, and he threw it about 10 yards behind him. There was a window to fit that one in there, and he wasn't able to go out and execute. This was not the defense of Colorado going out and making great plays. These are all gift wrap turnovers, and that's my problem. We need to get the phone lines here. But Casey's been waiting. Casey, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Oh, no, you guys could have kept going. I was enjoying the conversation. That's um, all right. I guess my uh, thing is I understand the panic, but isn't this kind of what we signed on when we got Matt Rule as a coach? Like, I know he said – that he felt that he was in his year two or year three mode. But the reality is we're still in a a one-year first-year head coach, and we know that he's a builder. We know that this is what it's going to be. And, like, I'm I'm going to tell you guys, there's a lot of people that are out there saying, hey, we should have got Dion because he flipped it in a year. What I watched and how, how, I guess, I don't know how to say it, like, I would not want Dion as my coach at Nebraska. That might turn me off from being a fan instantly. You don't like the you don't like the per, you don't like the personality, right? Yeah, and and so like I agree that there's a right way for him to do it. I like the way we're doing it, and I, I think we are getting better. Yeah, the turnovers have got to change, but my pick on that is, and I, and I say this as a coach, mm-hmm. if you make that change on your quarterback, you know in middle of the game like that, you could just ruin his confidence. And then my question comes in is what if, what if, uh, um, Heimerich does the same thing. And then what then, do you do? You go back to <laughs> then, then you're hosed. Like, you are absolutely like, screwed. If you make a change, you better be right. And it better be better. Yeah. And so that's why I'm sitting there saying, it's like, it's like what like I, I feel like, yeah, you, you can make the case that this is who Sims always is. But you know what? This is only Sims' second time with Coach Rule. This is only his second game. Give him time to evaluate it. Give him time to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I would like try to tell like Nebraska fans is, yeah, we've been living this for 20 years. We've been living it for 20 years. But the guy you got there, this is his year two. And the guys he's brought in are year one. Mm-hmm. This is their year one. This is this group's year one. And while we've been waiting 20 years, You've got to give the guy who said that, hey, this is going to be a long process. Give that guy the chance to build the house. Like, let's not set, set everything he's done on fire. Damn it, the sunroom's not done. You're fired. <laughs> and, and I mean, well, no, and, like, and I, I say that nicely because that is the narrative that's coming out of some people in Nebraska is that we should fire rule now. No, I mean, the, 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 you know, I think the honeymoon part is – over for, over for the quarterback. I don't think that's the case for Rule. Some of you have already like punted on Rule, and I get it because that was kind of a tone. If that's if that's where you're at, you're absolutely have the right to have that feeling, but it's too soon. It's absolutely too soon. The problem is is the the carryover. This is a to be continued episode. You feel like from coach to coach to coach to coach, and it's not. It's where it's at in in real time right now where you're at with game two with a new quarterback game two with a new head coach well and i guess i go to my next point there is what i would say is let's say we got dion here's here's my question is first season after dion leaves what's colorado's win total 
Dion's Dion Dion is leaving on the next flight out of Denver for the next better offer. Maybe that's the no, NFL. Maybe that's the University of Florida. He is short term at Colorado. But, but does that necessarily matter yeah, right now? But, Colorado was searching for relevancy but, whenever they hired Dion Sanders, and they, and they will go it. back to anonymity once he's gone, unless the exactly. offensive coordinator stays. They keep the OC that's there, right? Maybe they can salvage it. Maybe they get a good hire that actually sticks. But people. That's a hard place to to survive is Boulder. Well, well, that's my my point is Dion Dion, not Colorado. Right, Dion. That, the brand the of Dion, Dion brand. is able to bring in five stars as Colorado as a brand. And if can Dion build Colorado into a blue blood brand that can bring in five stars in three years? No, they could get up to a level where they're winning a bunch of ball games and they could even go into the Big 12 and, and compete for a conference title. But once he's gone, the next guy better be phenomenal at developing. Okay, because okay. you can go get five, five star. And Casey, thanks for the phone call, bud. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, the, the next guy better be able to, to go find talent or it better be a name like that he hands off to because Dion's Dion's it. Dion is absolutely it with his ability to connect with guys that are high level. Elijah, they're, they're the five star and then come in and play right away. And so far perform really well. Mm-hmm. No one else can really, you've, you've seen other programs do it. Even Saban. I mean, Saban's got a billion five stars. Ohio state's got a billion five stars. This is the first time we've seen it aside from the Trevor Lawrence's. Okay. Or the two come in and, and kill it right away i mean it's, I, I it's just, been a while i, I don't understand i don't understand the sentiment here well i still think okay two things can be true mm-hmm. i think matt rule is a better fit for nebraska than sure. Deion sanders would have been at nebraska but i'll also say i think you're fooling yourself if you think Dion wouldn't have had more success at nebraska in year one than matt rules having right now i don't disagree with that at all but again it's long-term short-term do you expect rule to be in lincoln longer than, than Dion is in Boulder. I do. Well, it <laughs> d- depends how year two goes, huh? <laughs> well, and listen, does it does does Dion see a second year in Boulder? Especially if it's a magic season. 489-1240. We'll get to your phone calls. Jeff emailed in. And this is the the email. Chris wanted to share this with you. Went to the game Saturday. Attached is a photo showing a banner hanging from a CU fraternity we passed by. Pretty much sums up our whole day with CU fans on Saturday. Their fans are aggressive in their rudeness and seem to take pride in being obnoxiously subhuman as can be. We laughed at the idea that these people wagging their middle fingers directly in our faces were lucky we were nice guys who weren't looking to looking for any kind of fight, hoping they would eventually do this to a lesser nice Husker fan looking for some action. Uh, we'll take your calls here. Elijah's getting you lined up. If you're on hold, stay there, and uh, we'll get to you. I'll finish your email, Jeff. But listen, Jeff was at the game. He was in Boulder. Many of you went to Boulder. Many of you were harassed. Some of you maybe saw some of the uh, Donnie Brooks that happened within the stands. But overall, uh, to Elijah's point, it was more of a sympathy point and laugh at Nebraska. Look what you've become mm-hmm. than, than anything else. Who's with us? We have Will in the line. Will, thanks for hanging in, man. Thanks for the phone call. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. 
Hey, first off, I wanted to cry, but I decided I better not do that on the radio. But second thing is, the more and more I watch the game on Saturday, Dion, and I will never call him coach whatever, um, brought in a whole new crew. He got rid of all the old. And you can see it on Nebraska, especially the offensive line, because we carried over all the, a lot of the offensive linemen, that once they got behind or things started going bad, they got content with losing. It's what it felt like to me. Dion got rid of all that and started fresh. That's, I think that's why he's a step ahead of Nebraska right now. You have to get rid of all that old, and hopefully not getting rid of the old like Rule's doing, it doesn't carry over to the younger guys. Because if you look at the defense, all our new players, they weren't content with the losing part. No, it's they, a- they, fought, they fought through the game. It's a mentality, right? It's an absolute mentality, and and I don't, I don't know that there, well, that the the O line's content on being as inconsistent as they are. I honestly think their their confidence that was a big talking point in the off season, and it's right. been a talking point. I I think their confidence is is obviously shaky because as a I as do- a as a unit. And a certain side of that unit has had issues. They're the ones right. making the penalties. There's the ones that are that are not executing. I think they they're also part of that talking point from rule that they they want it so bad they're trying too hard. They're afraid to lose, and then it it, it messes with it. Well, I got to rock to a break. Okay. Thank you for the phone call. Take Appreciate care, you guys. listening. More of your thoughts four eight nine twelve forty eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Plenty of your comments to get to in the stream yard. Can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, give us a find on Twitter as well at Schmidt underscore Radio at Herbal Essence. Uh, Nick says on a positive note, at least there's not 2018 Cam Jurgens snapping said football to Jeff Sims. That would be bad. Mike says two and ten, maybe three and nine. Uh, what what he gets to? Uh, we have Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead. Thanks for calling. How are you doing? We're good. We're hanging in today. I guess, in my opinion, uh, instead of him, the quarterback, giving us a chance to win, he's basically taking that chance completely away with his play, mm. and that's not really fair to all the other players that practice and put in all the work. And I, I just don't understand how we can be a University of Nebraska and we have nobody behind him that can be any better than three to four turnovers a game. That is absolutely pathetic. So hopefully Rule in year two, year three, will get this thing going, but I think we're quite a ways off. It, it feels like that, but, you know, Pete, thanks for the phone call. Elijah, I look at the defense and I'm going with, with a little less bad luck that you made yourself. You're you're two and zero, oh. and and, or, or and, and that, that's worst, my problem. And worst one and one, and that's my problem. Is I know Matt Rule is known for the rebuilding first year. You have a defense that's ready to win now. That, that the defense what and I've he, seen from them so far to is, win now. is ready to win now. Matt Rule wants to win now. At least he says he does. But then he leaves in a quarterback that gives you zero chance of winning. And I know we're not at practice. We don't know what the backups look like, but it's disrespectful to your defense to not even try to find a guy that's going to give you a better chance to win. He's done more to hurt you than help you. He's done more to hurt you than help you. And I don't understand why you don't at least – I mean, you're down by three scores in the second half, and Jeff Sims is still trotting out there. I know you want to help him find 
something that you can work on moving forward, but it's disrespectful to a defense that's not that is ready to win now to not try to find a better option before it's too late. When do you pull the plug though? And and the the quick take is now. Damn, I've seen enough. You you've 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 lost the the game twice. Rule's not wrong. We got to get to some of his comments too. That it should not at at thirteen to seven. It should not turn into 36 to 14. And the defense did about everything in their power to keep you in it against Minnesota and against Colorado. And then they've gotten hammered on third down and they've gotten hammered on third and long. So they're not completely blameless. But but, but it, does their performance in the second half change if you go into the halftime break with a 10 nothing lead? Oh, absolutely, because they're not on the field. Oh, it's all situational. It's all flow of the game. I mean, it's all armchair here to, to bitch about the defense. Well, they gave up you know, 13 points in the fourth. They gave up 23 second half points. Well, dude, <laughs> they were on the field forever, and they forced three field goals. Uh, it could have been Mike Leach v. Nebraska part two. All right, we'll get to the phones. I'll just like, shut up, old man, and let's get to the phone calls. Todd's been hanging on for forever. Todd, so. God love you. Todd, thanks for calling. Go ahead, man. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thanks for the uh, the phone call. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's only two games. Uh, yeah, we're all frustrated. Uh, we got the right coach. Uh, right now, it looks like we don't have the right quarterback. Very talented. Just not football smart. But you look, I wouldn't broad brush the whole offense. I think the defense is Big West championship. Mm-hmm. One of the best in the Big Ten. I mean, you look at Minnesota. They had three points with five minutes ago. We had the ball with a 10-3 lead. Everybody knows it should have been 17-3. I hope they sent something into the Big Ten because that, that, that was a travesty what happened. I mean, you got the, the Foxes shows it clearly. The elbow mm-hmm. going down, he's three, four inches over. But anyway, you have Grant. Just can put your other hand on the ball, dude. The game's over. You know, we had other chances, you know. So you go on the road to a team – that's physical. We got a lot of people back, you know, and that, that, you know, we get, we had three, they had three points and we had the ball. So it should have ended 10 and three or whatever. Now against Colorado, Colorado, no, I know I mean, five minutes ago in the game, in the half, they had 58 total yards, zero points. And then your quarterback, you know, we drove it down there. He fumbled. We drove it down there again. We had the, the snap that hit the guy coming across. Most and then we hit the goal post. Mm-hmm. So I ain't putting this on the defense at all because the points you give up for half, all 13 were on Sims. You, know, you remember he ran out of bounds instead of going down, and they come back down and kick the field goal to go up 13 nothing. They saved the timeout. Yeah, no, Todd, the defense played out of their mind. The defense also got hit on third down, but it's all kind of residual, isn't it? And, Todd, thanks for the phone call, bud. Appreciate you well, tuning in. It's, it's residual, right? I mean, it is something that – X, Y, and Z happened because of a turnover, a moment on offense or something that doesn't help the defense or it's awful field position. Um, how many times can you go out there and, and keep Colorado at bay uh, in a sudden change situation? Uh, you keep gifting Colorado opportunities, they're going to take advantage because they're super talented. Stan, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, what side of the ball did you play on when you were at Nebraska? I didn't play. I never went to Nebraska to play football. No, okay, I was not saying it was somebody else. Anyway, if you – rule will not work out, I'll tell you right now. Um, 
the last line of coaches cannot coach the quarterback. Every time I can tell who's going to be his receiver because he looks right at him when he backs out of the huddle. I, I can come down and teach a quarterback to look off his receiver if they cannot do that. Stan, when but did you, you play, te- bud? You, 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 he has not looked off one receiver all year long, and I think Nebraska wants to go undefeated. The wrong um, way. And, and they will. I think they will because they're going to give every game away. They're not going to lose. They're giving games away. Yeah, it's it's not been good, Stan. There's well, clear... I'm just saying, if in the next week's game, I don't know where where rule sleeps, but how many quarterbacks look at their receiver backing out of the snap? I mean, lock on one, one. Jeff Sims last that's, year. That's before that, it was uh, the guy that went to Kansas was good. After he went to Kansas and knew not to look at his receiver. Nebraska has never coached a quarterback worth a damn since Osborne was there. You mean Zach Taylor wasn't worth a damn? Well, but it was, who coached him up? Jay Norvell, I think, was a quarterback's coach. No, but who was the head coach? It's Callahan. I think he had been coached by Osborne before. No, Callahan. not even close, dude. T.O. had been retired yeah, eight yeah, years ago. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for the phone call, Stan. Appreciate it. Stan's pissed. I mean, he has right to be. Absolutely. He has right to be. I think he's a little bit off base. Uh, I mean, you can look at Satterfield more than Rule in terms of coaching yeah, the Satterfield's quarterbacks. Satterfield's getting the 1.4 to handle the quarterbacks and the offense. Mm-hmm. All right, 489-1240. We've got Coach McBride. What do you, you think Charlie busted his remote Saturday night or Saturday afternoon? No, I don't no. think he did. No, defense played well. No, I know, but part. but he still had to to watch. I mean, that he had to watch those turnovers. And he had to watch the defense get put in that position. We'll get to some emails. Get to more of your phone calls. Four eight nine twelve forty. As uh, we'll take more of your calls. We'll squeeze you in. And uh, yeah, Boulder and Nebraska. Uh, Buffs get to come to Lincoln a year from now. What will that look like? We'll wind down our one. Hail Varsity presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. About 10 minutes away, Coach McBride joins us. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Let's get through the phone calls. George, get us kicked off here, bud. Uh, Eric first. Eric okay, first. sorry. Eric, thank you. Uh, Eric, George, Greg, hang on. And Eric, the uh, floor is yours. Go for it. Thanks for calling. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. What do you say? Good. So I just had a quick question, and it's kind of a realistic question. I do not foresee Nebraska ever winning another national title, but a conference title is a possibility. But at what point is it too much to ask for a winning record in a bowl game? It's not. I mean, it, I, I think you have enough talent to get there, but you got to manage and have that talent on the field and the talent that you have on the field can't be counterproductive. And that's, that's the, uh, the issue right now at hand when you look at the record. And that's the discussion point today around Jeff Sims is the fact that, that expectations are higher at a place like Nebraska and then at a place like Baylor. And that's why Husker fans struggle so much to see a guy that seems to be hurting your cause to go make a bowl game more than helping it. And Jeff Sims behind the quarterback continue to get trotted out there. 
All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Eric, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Greg next or George? Go to George first. George. Uh, George, thanks for calling. Go for it. Hey, I just wanted to uh, congratulate us on being the most spoiled, unrealistic fans I've ever seen in my life. This is game two of a team that just met each other basically this year, also just met their coaching staff this year. Our defense looks great. Yeah, our quarterback has has done more to hurt us than anything else, but offense takes more than a little bit of time to get all on the same page than the defense does. And the counterpoint to that argument, though, is that what we saw from Colorado on Saturday is a team that came together late, too. I know you had a couple of those guys playing together at Jackson State, but that's an offense that came together and and looks phenomenal. But here's the thing. Deion Sanders has been an NFL player. He's had more than enough money and connections to raise his son in every camp that he could possibly go to, talk to every pro who ever wanted to talk to him, yeah, that kid is going to be phenomenal. Um, Jeff Sims has shot us in the foot. There's no question on that. But for crying out loud, it's game two. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Good stuff. That, that was that was a guy saying, so pump the brakes a little bit here on just where where the uh, how how big the, the 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 fire is. Last call here to, for this hour. Yes, Greg. Greg, thanks for calling. Go for it. Yeah. Hey, appreciate show. Won't take much of your time. But uh, I don't I don't know why we're so infatuated with the shotgun. I think we're putting Sims in a tough spot. Our offensive line is horrible out of that formation, and I'd have a hard time concentrating on the snap, looking at the ball, and and not wondering what defensive lineman's coming through the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Get him under center. Got to take a peek. Run some bootlegs. Yeah. Get him in a better spot. No, I I you know the shotgun formation. Has uh, has been problematic uh, against Colorado with with catching the snap. And thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you tuning in four eight nine twelve forty. I think he was looking to run before he caught the snap. I think that was probably some quarterback designed draw or counter stuff earlier in the game than just the second half. That, Elijah, that's fundamental. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not making an excuse. I'm telling you why it happened, and it's. Well, I can it's tell you why on all the turnovers, but it doesn't mean he's not turning the football over. No, I know. Do you? Th- let me ask you this, and we will ask Charlie because he's had to live the quarterback merry-go-round. Um, do you do you risk it in game three and making that change? Now you may have the answer for you if he's injured. Coach McBride's on the way. Hour two. Stick with us here on Hale Varsity. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio, Hour 2. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo, welcome in, Mr. Blackshirt. Uh, a Monday with Charlie. Uh, Coach Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, uh, Elijah and I were wondering if you busted your remote on Saturday. How you doing? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I, 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 I enjoy watching football. Let's put it that way. I don't, 
I don't know whether that was the thing to do for me that happened last Saturday or not, and I don't think it had a whole lot to do with the game. Mm-hmm. I just kind of felt bad, pretty sad about what transpired, and then I, I look back at what some of the things that happened when we were there, and uh, I, I know a lot of the coaches, his friends, and his, you know, that, uh, that that I talked to and I did after I retired more so than not. And I had gone back to a couple of things and, you know, talked to some of the guys that coached there that weren't anymore and uh, found out a few things that went on. And, you know, so some of the stuff that, that uh, we had, we had a player that um, actually was from Nebraska and, uh, went to Colorado, and he, he, he just uh, had to leave. I guess before every meeting and all this team meeting, there was always some joke about Nebraska, and he kept saying, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm from Nebraska, and I get trashed every time I walk in here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it just goes, it, it's just one of those things. I'll, I'll tell you what I, I I do. I mean, I I know I have nothing to do with nothing, and um, I just go ahead and give them the fine and tell them to and don't play them. Yeah, I you know I just drop them. You know, I mean, some of the stuff that comes out about. I mean, when I when I saw the disrespect thing, that that was the end of it for me. That and there and what was it? Nobody seems to talk. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, rule talked about it today, coach. Where no, they they met at midfield. Uh, they have a, a a prayer or have an opportunity to pray for safety. Is where Coach Rule's coming from. They invited Shadour Sanders to pray with them. And do we have that clip, Elijah? We'll play it for you here, coach, so you can hear it as well. But there's a whole lot of. Stuff it feels like that's being manufactured so Colorado could play that disrespect card. But, Coach, listen to this. This is Coach Rule's comment on the perceived disrespect part or its personal type mentality going into last week. Here we go. We do it every state. We go there. We pray for blessings. When they, they came in, I asked them if they wanted to. I, said, I asked Shadur if he wanted to pray with us. You know, I mean. We, I, I pray over every, you know, I'm a public official, but I can have my own faith. And I say pray. We, we, we take a moment of team. Like, you know, it's not, it's non, not, we have Muslim guys, we have non believers. We just take a moment as a team and just, I want that field to be safe for everybody. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the game, no, one, no one's going to tell me who I am. You know, at the end of that game, they told me, hey, we're going to run right off the field and they're going to storm the field. And I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't care if I get. Beaten up by a mob, I'm walking across, running across that field, and I'm shaking Coach Sanders' hand. So, no, people can say what you know. When you're losing, people are going to say all kinds of things about you. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I am, and I'm coaching this team with class, and I'm not changing. And I went over there and I shook that man's hand. I whispered in his ear, and I've never disrespected opponent day in my life, and never will. So, so that was Coach Rule's explanation. Well put. And, uh, you know, it was twisted and painted a certain way, it sounds like, Coach McBride. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it, it, it's, it's, what, it's what they say is what is going to come out, you know, from there. They'll, they'll, I mean, it's, that, it's just sad that it, uh, stuff like this happens. 
And uh, I, before before he even came here, I think he didn't know anything about any any kind of a rivalry. And and then to say before the game that I'm playing this game, it's personal, you know, and stuff like that. Personal about what? Mm-hmm. You know, say speak up, not just walk around and say it's personal, you know. And I I just uh, have a tough time with some some, and I don't think it's worth. I don't think it's worth the time of day to mess with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that that's not what it's all about. And, uh, you know, somebody else can use the money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> just just, just you know, let, let it let it fly and pay the fine and <laughs> just go off on it. Charlie McBride's sure. with us. Coach, what did, they, what did you think? What did you think with Nebraska? Let's get into the game for a moment. And it was 13 to nothing. The last four minutes of the first half, Nebraska's defense, I, I love watching this defense play. And then the second half happened, and there were some big plays they gave up, but they fought their heart out is what I think. Uh, I do too. The offense is a problem, and they're working on it, and I know you're a, it's a team game, but you got uh, you got to feel for this team being 0-2. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's, uh, you know, the kids, there, there isn't anybody that doesn't, goes on a football field that doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't goes out there and said, well, I'm going to go illegal procedure myself a couple of times just for kicks because it's so much fun. I, I get you. you know, and, 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 you know, and a lot of people that talk after the game, they ought to take a look at themselves first. You know, before they before they you know have a speech to give and know everything about they don't they don't go to practice they aren't around these kids they don't know them and if they did they wouldn't be saying the things they probably are saying I don't know all of it because I'm not there but I know there's enough trash being thrown around that you know it's it's everybody's fault it's somebody else's fault it's never their fault I mean you know that. You know, they they just sit there and can scream, and you don't know nowadays whether it's some guy from Iowa or some guy from just to try to trash your recruiting or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't trust anybody I don't know, or if I hear his name and I don't know who it is, and you know, it's 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 tough to take some of that stuff time and time and over and over and over again. Um, you know, and, and there's not everybody happy. We were winning and, you know, and I get a, get trashed and that's okay. You know, that's part of what you pay for. You're, you can say anything you want. And we all realized that all of us coach and we talked about it and they said, Hey, they're putting a buck in. They can say what they want, I guess. But why would you have a program that's a good program and try to trash it? And, uh, the thing is, you want to try to build it up. It's easy to tear things down. It's hard to build things up. It's no different than a house. I can build a house, but I could tear it down in about one-third the time that I could build it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that it doesn't take long to screw a program up. And mm-hmm. when you're getting in a position now with recruiting, with, with signing coming up or whatever and, and things like that, uh, all you're doing is hurting it, hurting the program. And if you want it to be good, 
and swallow it, you know. So that's a, you know that's just that's just me. Sounds like I, I'm such a good guy. I'm I'm really not, but it's, <laughs> it's the idea that the honesty about the program about football and the game is a game, but and everybody tries to do the best they can if they're involved in it. And sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And sometimes you're glad it doesn't work out that way. You're glad the guy's offside. You're glad the guy does that stuff. That's but but that's part of it. But you don't have as as a as a fan, you don't have to rub it in. And your own people. And uh, and that's why I said people ought to look at themselves before they go ahead and explode on mm-hmm. on young people or even on coaches. It's Coach Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Coach, I think a lot of that frustration stems from the fact that that over the course of the past five years, there have been issues within the program that still don't seem to be fixed. And you turn around and look at Colorado, a team that won one game last year. They already look more put together than this Husker team. Do you think there's any validity to that? Or, or just what, what are your, your main takeaways in terms of what Colorado well, looked like on Saturday compared they, to Nebraska? They, they're solving their frustration. I mean, I don't, I don't blame people for that. I mean, you know, when you win a big game, uh, you know, it's, it's always it makes you feel good after you've been beaten a lot of times, and, and they have, they have been, uh, you know, uh, and but you know, there are kids that played. It's the same thing, you know. Uh, people just criticize the program. One of, one of the coaches told me one time. You know, it made me really feel bad. Was that, you know, when you go to school there and and you you hear people talking like that, but most of the time they said, you know, how we get money, we either win or we don't get anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost backwards. You know, when you're trying to build a program, your your people back you, get behind you, and do the best they can to keep it going. And but when you're losing, you have to do something to build it up, and uh, a lot of times it's financially. And uh, so, you know, I saw a thing in the paper where they have a contract with uh, um, uh, Sanders, but they don't even have enough money to pay him. I know. You know, for the whole. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I saw that, and you know, and I don't know how true that is, but. I know that they don't have a lot of money, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I can I can go back on things that I after I retired when I went back there that they had no you know we're sitting with a uh, with a place for the kids a computer center and all and counselors and everything they have one counselor they have no computer center mm-hmm. they have nothing and I called Joe Romig who's you know, a good friend, and played. I played with him. He's a Rhodes Scholar. He's, you know, he's a, when asked geophysics major, and he was teaching astronomy there. And in two phone calls, he got fifty computers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's all it took. Sure, Coach. I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you about moving forward here. What do you do at quarterback if you're Nebraska? Hang in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think you made a commitment, and but again, there. You know, I, I would. 
there's there's a time come when when younger people need to you know at least a chance. Sure. And if you're doing all this experimenting, let's experiment quick because you can't put. I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't put take a running back. You can't put him in the game for one play and then sit him down for twenty. Sure. And sit him down for ten. I I I learned that from the you know when Roger Craig used to say he he said if I don't get a feel for the game if I go in there for one play or two play I don't get a feel for the game I don't get a feel for the blocking schemes I don't get a feel for anything and it's hard to run mm-hmm. but when I'm in the game and things are going I get just get a feeling you know where the soft spots are where they're not where you know on on different plays and. And so it's really hard to what they're doing is trying to find out who the players are and trying to win a game. Mm. And they're they're and, and it's it's hard, you know, to do that. And somehow they gotta do it. And I'll tell you I'll tell you what causes ninety percent of the problems. The presidents and the NCAA. Way back when when I was there, when they cut practice down to fifteen days so many days you can you can't teach a lineman, okay, to play football if you can't hit anybody. <laughs> I mean that's like I'm with you. brownies and fairies. Yeah, I got about ninety yeah. seconds. Coach McBride's with us. Coach, you feeling okay about a Saturday rebound? Sure. Yeah. And those kids, those kids are going to try. They'll try hard. That's what you will find out. And they're going to play good. They're going to play a good team. Mm-hmm. That's what's good about it. They're going to play somebody, you know, that just because it's Northern Illinois. Those guys are good, and um, you know they they got a good second crack at about every kid in the state, and they got a ton of kids in Chicago, and so they have some good players. So it won't be just an easy game. You just throw your hat on the field. They'll have to work for it. Charlie McBride with us on Monday with Charlie. Coach, maybe next year a little payback for the Buffs when they come to Lincoln. We'll see how Saturday shakes <laughs> out and uh, and moving forward uh, where this team can go. But it was fun to talk some some ball with you today. Thanks again. Okay. We'll talk to you next week when we win. There you go, Coach. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. You know, the, the dynamic of – and again, people have been pretty vocal about the the Sims v. Grant discussion point, and and running back v. quarterback, and we'll we'll know more tomorrow, just where things are at with with Sims's health, and quarterbacks touchy compared to running back, but yeah, on its face, you should have similar standards. What's Jay Moore say? Blackshirt Hour continues. Hail Varsity, presented by Currency. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore, with Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. That Black Shirt Hour continues. Nebraska at 0-2. But you know who won this weekend? Jay Moore. 
and his lovely wife is they got to see Morgan Wallen. Actually, Morgan Wallen got to see Jay Moore and his <laughs> lovely bride. Uh, Ten feet away, Jay. Let's let's uh, flex a little bit on where your concert seats were at. Yeah, what did not know we were. Uh, you know, we had it was general admission floor, so we thought it was going to be a little further back. But we got up there, and it's like, nope, you actually are up here. And I mean, I could have. He could have reached out, grabbed a beer from my hand, and took a drink if he really wanted to. That's a mistake. But um, <laughs> here's how this went. GA floor means you uh, you get the seats for Jay Moore. Jay taps somebody that's doesn't have the same neck size as him on the shoulder and say, sir, would you, you – Jay's going, excuse me. Excuse me. You're just making your way up front, man. You're bulldozing. I like it. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I needed that. I needed something to look forward to. I, I figured, you know, if – the results ended like they did. At least I had something to look forward to that night. And I figured Nebraska got the win. The day was going to be better. But it helped uh, It helped hedge my day a little bit you know, on Saturday with that result we had. We're, I'm sure we are about to discuss. We, we are. But uh, the, the cool thing of the weekend, Jay Moore, Mama Bear uh, at Morgan Wallen. Uh, Carson and, and the bunny went. And a uh, little beknownst to me that they killed every piggy bank in the Schmidt household to go. But, hey, they got to go while Elijah and I had phenomenal prime rib. Elijah had the biggest, thickest cut of prime rib I've seen in some time, and I had a steak. So we got to nice. see Barnett, too, hey. which was cool. Oh, awesome. So that was our the, the, the game, though, my friend, I, I want to just get your take as a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. 36-14. At one point, it was 13-7. to and then the floodgates opened, and they opened on third and long. How do you digest that performance defensively? Do you look at it and say, damn, they were good for long enough, or it's a four-quarter ball game and there was too many busts in the second half? I look at it as a point where they played good enough to win that football game. At some point, the offense has has to do something to help you out. I mean, you gave them so many opportunities. You played so well through the first – Oh, you call it 40 minutes of that game? Mm-hmm. I mean, you were really darn good. And you held them to field goals after turnovers. You got off the field on fourth down. You got the field on third down. You made a, a, an offense that couldn't miss the week before, looked confused at times. Uh, you were able to create pressure. You are able to sack uh, a really good quarterback. And Travis Hunter wasn't doing much. The run game wasn't doing much. You did enough. There has to be some time because, like I said, I will say that college football is the momentum is so key. We had an opportunity to grab the momentum that, that the defense was able to establish and give us in that first half and maybe even into the third quarter a little bit. And obviously, with the turnovers, missed field goals, uh, and just the penalties, we weren't able to to grab it. And then at some point, the dam is going to break, right? It's just that that, that Colorado deep, or excuse me, that Colorado offense is. Is so powerful, and now we're at altitude. The defense has got a ton of snaps. They're not getting any help. It was only a matter of time before they were going to make some moves. Like they're, this is a good football team. They're able to adjust, you know, correct some mistakes they made in the first half, and implement a new plan. And they did. And they got over top of us a couple times and on third and long. But you just got to get some help from the offense, and that obviously didn't happen. And I, it's. It's very concerning now heading into, you know, Northern Illinois and, you know, the rest of the 10, ten games in uh, 2023 that this offense is is not very good. 
Jay, Jay, a bit of a, a two-part question here when you look at the, the mood of the defense. First off, after playing damn near a flawless first half, and I don't mean in terms of not allowing Colorado to pick up any first downs or in any yards, but in terms of the scoreboard, that game realistically could have and should have been 0-0 if Nebraska, the offense... Could have been 10 nothing Nebraska. Well, yeah. I if, mean, if the offense doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, either that's a tie ball game or you have the lead going into halftime. So what is the mood in that locker room at halftime whenever you look up at the scoreboard and see that you're down by 13 points in a, in a first half that you played phenomenally well? And then as a follow-up to that question, does that, that mentality, that frustration seep over into a week of practices you try to get geared up for northern illinois as you try to put that glass game behind you does that seep into the back of your mind as you're preparing for a week of practice like hey all this work we're doing this week is it going to matter when saturday rolls around if the offense shoots themselves in the foot you know i don't think i the defense i was a part of and i was a part of some decent defenses that uh didn't get some help from the offense it's never it was never been this bad but there was times where we struggled i look at the 2005 season uh you know, we had a really good defense, led the nation in sacks in 2005, but we didn't get a lot of help from our offense. But I think you are so preoccupied with what you're trying to do on defense that sometimes you just you can't worry about what the offense is doing. Uh, mature, good defenses, you got to you just got to go out and play, no matter what the situation is. And there's gonna be times. I, I mean, I don't know. I hope. I, I really. I mean, you always think as defense, there's gonna be times where you're gonna struggle, and hopefully the offense is gonna pick your pick up your end of the bargain. But I don't know if that's gonna be the case this year, unfortunately. But I don't think there's ever a frustration with – you can't ever get too – yeah, of course, you're going to be like, gosh, dang, I wish we could get some help. I wish we just gave them great field position and, you know, the field goal is blocked, they missed the field goal, or they turned the ball over. You just can't – you can't get yourself caught up in that because this game is too complicated and it's such a, a fast-moving game that you have to stay focused on what you got to do. You cannot be worried about what the offense is doing. You just can't. You have to go out there focus on your one role – of that 11-man defense and go do your job. And if it's if the offense not going to give me help, so be it. You just keep you keep doing your thing. You can't you cannot get frustrated. As hard as it may seem, you can't do it. You just I, and I never I I think that's just what good defense and mature defense will do is just focus on what's at, at the task at hand, you know. And you just try to hopefully make the situation better. What do you got to score? Create more turnovers. Uh, I mean, if I was going to give the defense you know, I'm not a negative, but it's like something they probably could do better. They're probably going to have to create more turnovers and maybe score. And that's, I know that's, that's asking a lot because this defense is really, really good. But there's been a couple times, and even that game, there, there should have been some interceptions and we didn't get them. This defense is going to have to make some plays to grab the momentum, turn this thing around, and get this thing going in the direction it needs to go because I just don't see the offense giving us much help the rest of the year. Jay Moore's with us. Big red wrap up at Jay Moore 44. On Twitter's where you find him. You watch him Tuesday nights on Nebraska Public Media. So, Jay, I want your your thought on the quarterback situation. You've addressed what mature football teams do, and that is support one another. Uh, let's get into you know what rules going to be watching this week. A, it's the health of of Sims. B, it's the reality of having to have a Harburg or a Pretty ready to go. And, and I, I, I would like to see Harburg. That's an easy take, but I know it's bigger than just as simple as, well, okay, maybe this guy will take care of the ball better. Wonderful. But there's a, there's a big dy- dynamic. There's a team dynamic that, that you have to worry about. And, and Sims is a, 
popular guy for a reason in that locker room. He's a guy that people want to see succeed. I just remember watching him and and Henrich together on the bench. I mean, there's there there is care and compassion between different sides of the football on that team. It's it's the 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 chemistry part's been very real and and well cultivated by rule from the dorms to now this adversity uh how'd you handle it man put your headset on what do you think of the quarterback yeah it's it's not a great situation i think jeff sims has all the capability in the world to be a good quarterback but rule number one as a quarterback you got to take care of the football no, I mean, and if you can't do that, then you're you're not going to be a good good quarterback. In in rule number one of the, the what's the most important aspect of offensive play? Getting the snap. Now I know there might have been rule might be uh, alluding to some issues that they handled the the crowd noise bad. The, there was some mistiming with the, the snaps, and that might have led to some of the fumbled uh, snaps. But still, uh, hit your hands, catch the ball, right? We're you're a Division one athlete, so. Very, it's 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 a very, going to be a very interesting, you know. It's not an easy situation because you brought Jeff Sims in. You you'd said Casey Thompson, you're not our guy anymore. Uh, obviously, Casey was a darn good quarterback here last year for us. But you bring you hit your wagon to to Jeff Sims and say he's our man. You make some comments that, you know, NFL draft scouts think he's an NFL type of quarterback. You know, I've it's, I've remained I haven't seen that yet. But you have to, he has to take care of the football. I don't know how you do it and how you get there, but you have to just – it's the turnovers. You just can't have them. You cannot have them, and you cannot have them for the rest of this year. I mean, this if they turn the ball over four more times against Northern Illinois this weekend, they're going to get beat. Just simple as that. And the interesting fact now is you look at – because if, you're, if this is your guy and you brought him in for a reason – it's just kind of you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Do you want to stick with him because you want him to get better and maybe uh, outgrow these turnovers and get past them and he can get some confidence? Or do you set him to the side and say, hey, man, we can't play you. You are a liability to our team. So it's, it's this, that's the situation that they're dealt at hand. But also I'm reminded this is kind of the, the where the rubber kind of meets the road of all the – off-season talk and the, all the hypothetical situations, but I, rule, rule said it, either you're coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. You know, so I want to know if that's the – obviously they're not coaching turnovers, but now are you allowing it to happen? Because <laughs> that, that shouldn't ha- – that, that sh- these should not happen. And if, it, if you can't get him over the situation, you got to play someone else. Now, if he's able to go out and – I, I think you're going to see him, and I'm okay with this. If you're going to start him again against Northern Illinois, this if he has a mistake with turnover early in the game, I tell you what, you got to. I don't. I don't know how you can keep playing him. I just don't understand the situation. I don't know how you can just keep banging your head against the wall for four quarters with your quarterback, you turn on the football, and just think it's going to be any any different. You you owe it to your team to give them the best shot to win. You know your defense is good enough. Your special teams are. You know, have been. It's only been two games. Have been uh, a little uh, up and down as well. But somehow you can just limit the turnovers to one a game. I mean, this team's two and zero. If they only have one turnover or one two two, two total turnovers instead of eight, 
like we have now, and it's just inexcusable. And it's it's tough. I, I don't I don't want I don't want the situation. I but you you, ha, you owe it to your team if you cannot put a quarterback out there. If your quarterback can keep putting out there, just as careless with football, you can't have it. It's just you just end a, end a story. So if it happens, I imagine you see Harburg rather quickly on Saturday. If, and if NF Sims is able to play as well with the ankle injury. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, as we put a bow on Nebraska and Colorado, talk some quarterback, and uh, look ahead to Northern Illinois. And Jay, whenever you look at at the handling of the quarterback situation thus far this year. Do you think that that keeping Jeff Sims on the field flies in the face of what Matt Rule has preached this offseason about accountability? Because you look at the Anthony Grant situation, third on the depth chart because of fumbling issues during fall camp, and then he has a fumble against Minnesota in a big-time moment. He doesn't see the field once against Colorado, at least in terms of offensive snaps. Jeff Sims, on the other hand, he's turned the ball over plenty this year, and he continues seeing the field. Does that fly in the face of, of, of Matt Rule's accountability, or do you think the quarterback position is held to a different standard? Uh, I think it's different when you have other serviceable running backs. I just don't know. I mean, I haven't seen practice. I don't know what Chubba Purdy or Henrik Harburg is able to do. I think, yes, Jeff Sim has is better than all those two options. And maybe they turn the ball over just as much uh, in practice. I don't know that, but I'm guessing that's that's part of the issue too. And obviously, Jeff Sims is our guy. They brought him in for a reason. I, I do understand that. I've already discussed that at length. But it's it's tough i mean it's it's really hard because you want him to succeed he's only a junior he's your quarterback you would think going into next year and if he's gonna be the guy like i said it's it's tough to do you want him to learn on the field and and get over these issues or you gotta say hey man like you're gonna have to learn in practice or get over these things and practice somehow because we you we just can't have it. i i know and he i know this is this this it's a rebuild. And I know rule said it's not going to be, it's not a quick and easy fix, but just because of that doesn't mean you should roll out a quarterback who's turned the ball over six times on his own in two games. I don't care. I don't care if it's not an easy thing. That's just, that's just inexcusable. And that's just bad coaching. That's just period. If you're going to keep doing it, uh, just with the, with the, with the excuse to say, Hey, this is going to take a while. Well, I mean, we've, <laughs> I don't care if you have to hand the ball off 60 times a game. Quit turning it over. Give your, give your team a chance to win. That's why you, you, you don't owe it to Jeff Sims. You owe it to the team, right? You owe to give this team the best shot to win. And if Jeff Sims keeps turning the ball over, he's not going to help this team win the, win the football game. So you got to put someone else in there that's going to take care of the ball. It's, it's, uh, it seems complicated, but, it, you know, talking about it more, it's, it's obviously pretty simple too. Well, I mean, no one's bigger than the team. I mean, that's what you hear a lot, but you've also got to practice what you preach. And I, and I listen, I think Matt Rule will, will make the right decision, whatever that decision is at quarterback. And if a change needs to happen, he'll make that change because I don't think he's the type of guy to sacrifice. You've just got a delicate situation with quarterback. Guys, I think we all see the upside in Sims. It needs to be that ratio needs to be reversed. You've seen a handful of cool rollouts and completions or the 57-yard quarterback keep uh, mm-hmm. the touchdown. You've see, you see why folks 
have rolled the dice on him for three years at Georgia Tech and a year at Nebraska because, damn, he's a physical specimen and he's got a lot of talent. There is talent there, but you got to you got to flip that ratio of mistakes versus splash wow moments and plays. And can he change what he's been? That's the coach's job. And if he doesn't, then you change and and you 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 adapt or die. Which leads us to a bigger question, Jay. We'll wind down. Uh, this second segment with this, and Elijah and I were talking about it. The expectations in Nebraska, do you, do you, despite the 0-2 start, is their ceiling still bowl eligibility, or should you reassess that here after this start? Well, if they get the turnover situation figured out, then I tell you what, the Big Ten West isn't very good. They're not very it's good. It's no Pac-12 uh, this year. <laughs> what, yeah. I mean, I think – Iowa's probably the best team in the Big Ten West so far this year. I mean, yeah. just from what I've seen through two games, I've, Illinois has their issues. Purdue has their issues. Wisconsin's a mess. Wisconsin has their issues. Uh, Northwestern obviously has their issues. Uh, so I think the Big Ten West is, is wide open, and I haven't seen any reason why that Nebraska can't beat them if they take care of the football. I truly believe that. Now, Iowa, I think Iowa's really good. I think they're they're – I would say really good. I got to pump the brakes on that, but the defense is always good. Uh, the quarterback, the McNamara, gives them a better option than they've had in the last couple of years. It's uh, somewhat more of a of a better weapon on offense, even though it's still uh, still struggling. I, I think uh, for, uh, the OC Forenses still hasn't hit that twenty five points a game yet. So um, I I think there's some winnable games out there. I truly do. I'd like to think that they're going to get two in these next two weeks. They're not beating Michigan. That's that's for sure. Uh, you can you can go on the road and beat Illinois. If you you got to take care of the football. You can beat you can beat uh, Northwestern. You can beat Purdue. Uh, Mich- and Michigan State now with this whole situation too. Who knows what they're going to look like with the whole Mel Tucker situation? That could potentially. I wasn't looking at it as a winnable game. So I think there's again. I'm rather optimistic in the rest of the season. But that's that's assuming they take the, they kick, take care of the football. But if they can't take care of the football. I don't, Smitty, I don't know if they're, if this is going to be an issue going throughout the year, I don't know if they can win two games. I don't blame you. If it, if it turns into 20 points off turnovers or 20 lost points left on the field, no, they're, they're, they're host. They're, they're done. Yeah. And the thing is, whenever you talk about the Big Ten West, Jay, we've seen plenty of teams through the years in the Big Ten West have winning seasons with minimal offense in a solid defense. It's possible, but as you well, kind of are, are saying, it's, it's the turnovers that's, that's really killing yeah. you right now. Well, Iowa's done it for years. Iowa's yeah. done that for decades. Their offense has been terrible, but their defense and special teams are fantastic, and they don't turn the ball over. It's been done before. I mean, it's not that hard. You just got to take care of the ball, flip the field, get points when you can, and hopefully your defense can can get you a touchdown or two It's throughout the year. It's not that complicated, but you just can't play football. You're never going to be a good football team if you're going to have eight turnovers on the first two games. I don't care what, how good your defense is, special teams, or how good your, your weapons are on offense. If you keep turning it over, you're, you're, you're behind the eight ball you know, every game. Jay, last thought. Jay Moore with his black shirt, Husker NFLer. Big red wrap-up at Jay Moore 44. What's your morale level? Do you think things do get turned around, or are you just, let's uh, make it to Saturday and see after Saturday? Yeah, I tell you what, I, I was very optimistic. Everyone asked me the Colorado game. I go, I feel good about them. I fully expected them to win. Same. I did. I fully expected them to win. I knew it was going to be close. I knew the defense was going to play better. I just didn't see them 
given them the ball four times. I mean, they literally, literally handed them the ball for, for three of those plays. I mean, uh, one guy, it was a bad throw. He made a great play on the sideline. Okay, but they literally gave him the ball for, uh, you know, on the fumbled handoffs. So, with that being said, uh, my tone has changed, you know, because I just, you, know, you just got to, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to get fooled again, right? So, what do, I, what do we know about this, off, this this team through two games? Defense is really good. Special teams is okay. This offense is really bad because they turn the ball over and they can't get points in the red zone. So, I got to assume that's going to be the story for the rest of the year until I'm, until I'm shown differently because that's what we've seen through two games. So they come out and they show some promise, take care of the football against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. Maybe my tone will change, but until that, I am I'm concerned. I am very, very concerned for the rest of this year because even though those some of those games look more winnable, they're still Big Ten opponents. And they're still tough. They're still good football teams. They still got Division One Big Ten athletes on that team, on those teams. And if you can't get offense, you keep turning the ball over, you're gonna lose. So I, I need to see I need to see some a better offensive product, and I got to see them take care of the football Saturday against Northern Illinois. Otherwise, ew, it, it's it, it's going to be a long year, boys. Amen. Jay Moore with us. Watch him on Big Red Wrap Up. Bird will get caught up again. Thanks for the insight today. Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity Radio YouTube channels where you can find Hale Varsity. And watch the show, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Uh, Kansas Husker, guys, in your opinion, is having a team prayer at midfield on the logo. Disrespectful. Uh, we touched on it with Charlie. We talked about it in hour one. The intent. Disrespect's all about intent, right? What's your intention? Well, and how does someone receive said intention? There it is. There it is. It, there's the two sides. You have, of this you, have, you have you have perception and intention. Yes, and perception is reality, at least to the Colorado side of things. Oh, and if, they, gonna, if they perceive they that they're going to keep playing that card, baby. It's like it's like you and I are playing pitch, Elijah. You've got the ace. I know you got the H to ace because you're going to give me the old third base sign to the dugout that you've got the ace. I'm going to just keep playing that three. My, my take is, who cares if Colorado felt disrespected on Saturday? They clearly used it to their advantage. They went out and won the football game. No, exactly. You know who's talking about how Nebraska disrespected Colorado if Nebraska goes and wins that football game? Nobody. Nope. Do Nobody cares if you disrespect do them. Do something about it in your offensive series. Do something about it when it comes to crossing midfield. What was the tweet that's been out there about how many times Nebraska's crossed into opponents' territory through two games and the rundown of their possessions. It is going to make you grab and empty a bottle of Jack if you're a Nebraska fan. Grab and then empty a bottle of Jack or grab an empty bottle of Jack? No, it's going to, no you're going to empty said <laughs> okay, bottle. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's brutal. It's absolutely horrible. Dr. Rob Zaniska, we will get some anecdotes, allegedly, uh, on... The offensive line play. Can't wait to talk to him about that. Can the offensive line, the left side, get better? Uh, can the right guard rotation simmer down? You know who's played the best? Bless his heart. It's Ben Hart. Yeah. Ben Hart, dare I say. Kind of like two you games. said. Kind of like you tweeted out, hey, at least he hasn't thrown an interception yet. Yeah, I don't want to ruin this. 
dare I say, he looks like a guy that could have some NFL potential in his future based on how he's played through two games. Now, we don't know the quality of the guys he's gone up against in the grand scheme of a season, but Binhart's looked like the, the best member of that offensive line. The right sides look buttoned up. We've been talking about accountability all day long. Nuruddin hasn't been quite what you expected from him the first two games of the year, but guess who's behind him? Henry Latovsky has come in and been great, especially oh, 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 running Henry's the football. Been good. Oh, Henry's been good. Henry let's, and Bryce Benhart have been fantastic, double-teaming on that right side of the line let's, scrimmage. Let's squeeze a phone call in, 489-1240, 489-1240. Show will be podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Hail Varsity Radio is where you can... Find it and uh, make sure you like us, subscribe to us, tell us uh, a review, good, bad, or ugly. We uh, want to hear it all. Up against the shot clock, though, we have about 30 seconds for Russ. All right, Russ, go for it, Cowboy. Thanks for calling. Hey, real quick, guys. Uh, yeah, four turnovers, you're not going to win any games. If they had the normal one in each game, there's a good chance they're 2-0 and oh mm-hmm. very easily. And uh, that take care of the ball and uh, quit making – stupid penalties and uh, let that defense dominate and let the defense put you in a better position, but they got to finish drives and they're not doing that with turnovers and penalties, but when you're giving away Colorado probably earned maybe 17 points if if we had one turnover, it's probably a, a victory so I think we just got to stay behind the team and he's going to have to make a change if he keeps turning over, I would say stick with him for the first half if he's clean, keep going, if not get those other two guys ready, they have two games to get ready for Michigan. Sound so. plan, Russ. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for the phone call. Back at four on Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.